the season finale episode of the podcast, the unofficial but official podcast for American Crime. Actually, it's not our season finale. It is the season finale for the show American Crime. I mean, it is the end of our season because our season goes along the TV show. So we'll have to start a new season. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we can't keep going on this season. Well, thank you guys for joining us. I'm your boy, Khalif. And I'm your girl, Jameez. And this is Flatfoot, the Golden Mic winning podcast for... Oh, this is another Golden Mic winning? I thought we already won the Golden Mic for our other so fabulous show, Friendly okay. Fire. Well, you can't based, have two Golden Mic. Well, based on <laughs> well, based on our... The Crossfire Awards. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um welcome back crusade um, sponsored by crusade entertainment <laughs> yeah sponsored by crusade entertainment the uh, crossfire Awards. <laughs> but welcome back awesome. we're but yeah it's welcome back we're going to be talking to you about the season finale of american crime but before we get we kick into that um remember that website is crossfire.crusade.net and that is crusade with the k and for all your feedback please email us at Flatfoot, right? Yes, at flatfoot <laughs> at crusade.net. And awesome. don't remember, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and all things as social media. Absolutely. And you can get that stuff from the website as well. And, and don't, don't forget to rate us, right? On uh, iTunes and Android mm-hmm. to help us out in the ratings. Yes, please give us the five stars. Oh, yeah. Five stars. It is five, not four, right? Yeah, it is five. Okay, to make sure. Five stars. <laughs> but okay. also. But also, please remember our sponsors. Um, this episode today is sponsored by... We say brought to you by... Well, it's brought to you by <laughs> Amazon. Amazon.com, where you can get some original gifts. Like, recently, I just bought this really cool gift for one of my friends. Hello, Jackie. Over in Korea, you're going to be getting a box from me with something very unique that I could only get on Amazon.com. Yes. yes. <laughs> now... Oh, and also our newest sponsor um, called Agoda. Um, basically, Agoda is a, how would you say, what is Agoda, please? Man, Agoda, I discovered Agoda, I want to say about five years ago. I was newer then, and I have had the best time getting great deals and, and even um, had that like pay later kind of deals. You can always have uh, free cancellations on some of them. And even better, you earn points for every stay that can, that turns into real dollars and free stays and discounts and future visits. So if you travel a lot like Khalif and I do, I definitely recommend Agoda.com for your hotel needs. And once again, when you go to crossfire.crusade.net, please click on the links on the page where you can get connected to those sponsors. And thank you guys very much. It'll help us out greatly. And by supporting our sponsors, you're supporting us. So we truly appreciate it. You know, you're going to use these sites anyway. So just come visit us at crusade.net, leave us a message and go ahead on and go, go to the, the websites through us. Cause we, you know, we got the hookup, right? Oh man, I thought she was gonna do a whole little master P get up. I got the hookup. Oh, Hollif, you hear me? I'm probably saying that all wrong. I don't remember it very well. Eh, Maybe the uh is after Hollif, you hear me? I don't remember. No, no, it's okay. (laughs) The uh was all over the place. Okay. (laughs) All right. Hmm. So, what did you think of this finale? Okay. 
I just have, if any of you have ever seen this very, really, 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 really good but serious movie called Doubt. When I when the episode started, I had a feeling it was going to have that. Uh, okay, spoiler, spoiler. If you haven't seen Doubt, close your ears for a minute. Okay, but I thought it was going to have an ending like the movie Doubt where you you are still left like with every, some things are still unsettled. And you're still unsure of some things and how to feel about certain characters. And that's exactly how I, I can't wait for this finale. Well, yes, I definitely agree with that synopsis. I was left with thinking that things would be resolved, but maybe because they were resolved, but not in the way that I approved. I felt that it was really... Um, Everyone got their just desserts, if you will. Maybe. Well, I mean, as we get into this, I mean, Leslie, I mean, they were trying to get rid of Leslie. And then, you know, she still got the boot. Um, (laughs) Dan is still. Well, I mean, we can get to it through the show. So, I mean, you don't need to go through every. We are going to wrap it up at the end. Oh, no. I'm just saying that, um, in my opinion. I think some people got what they deserve. Yeah. And I was really hoping that, you know. Certain characters would have a turn of heart or things would happen mm. better than what they did. And yeah. I was really disappointed. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like if you're going to be, I was disappointed in the storytelling, but as I emotionally stepped back from it, mm-hmm. it was still a terrific story because it was a very, it was like watching a Korean movie, very realistic. Mm-hmm. Very, you know, yeah. The person may not get the good things in it, the it, end. It is real, right? It is. It is real. There's no um, tidy endings and happy endings, and still things are left unknown, and that's like real life. And I commend ABC for that, but at the same time, I'm like, if I ten wanna, weeks for this. <laughs> if I want to watch real life, I just watch the news every day. Nah, they present the news. It's not very interesting, but that's just my opinion. All right, so. Let's so, go ahead and okay. get into the recap yeah, for the let's, episode. Yeah, let's see how it went. How'd so, it go down? Well, so now we got basically everybody's in lockup. <laughs> everybody's getting arrested. <laughs> so it opens up with a janitor cleaning up and removing the dead flowers from around Wes's memorial. That was also like, oh, poetic. Oh, little violin playing kind of tragic kind of stuff. But it's like life goes on. Yeah, that's basically what it says. This is showing that at one moment, this was a big deal and the flowers have died. Of course they died. I mean, it's well, not no. a permanent memorial. I mean, I'm saying they died. The kids are not, you know, harboring around the memorial as they once were a few episodes ago. They got to go back to class. Yeah, life goes on. Life so, goes on for the living. Yes. Yes, they do. Mm-mm. So then you got the white the white hat Sebastian is checking his computer and he's receiving emails and text messages and more email about and more emails and messages sent by the sent by the Leland family members. We mean like the Leland school, the the families that are at their children at the Leland school. Yeah, sorry. That's... And some of the the Leland, I guess, staff. Staff, the faculty. The faculty. Mm-hmm. Um, more parents emailing each other and these ugly things are coming out Mm -hmm. text messages and someone and so and some of these text messages are regarding Rebecca and her drug dealing so someone is speaking to Dan about Rebecca he is notified that he's notified of the text where she has sold drugs she will be suspended indefinitely from Leland Mm -hmm. 
And as she walks out of the office, the cops are waiting for her. Yep. Now we have Anne Blaine, who's talking to Taylor. It's kind of like the way it's presented is narrating over the cops arresting everyone. Everybody getting arrested. Everybody going to jail, like I said before. So you have (laughs) LaShawn, who's been arrested. Eric, and she's informing Taylor. Now we're back to Anne Blaine. She's informing Taylor of everything that is happening, of all the emails that have been revealed. He doesn't, Taylor doesn't understand how this is happening, but she says it's a good thing. This can help him basically not get jail time. And Eric doesn't understand, but I mean, sorry, Taylor doesn't understand, but she assures him that this is a good thing. I think Taylor does understand, but it's not exactly what he wanted to happen. I think he feels like he already got his revenge and the story just keeps going and going and going. It's just like, I think he understood what she was saying. He just, it just didn't make him happy. Yes, I definitely agree with that. Um, so we got the questioning at the station, and man, you just hear it all at this point. They they confess it all over the place what went down, and we get the whole story. So we have Becca with man, her parents. little Becca, her little side business. <laughs> For real. Which we did not suspect ever until she confessed. Well, until Taylor messaged her, and then it's like, what? Becca, a drug dealer? Mm-hmm. She putting it down. <laughs> and the whole, all the students knew it was her. Yeah, everybody, if you want to get you want to get a little tipsy, you want to get some bars, call mm-hmm. Becca. Mm-hmm. And so she's been asked about her involvement with the shooting. Was she aware of, ta- of what Taylor wanted to do? Right. Where did she where did she get the drugs, the oxy and the weed? Dan is repeatedly asking for a lawyer. Yeah. But like, the mom, a lawyer. Get the, a lawyer. <laughs> and the mom, Steph, she's pushing just for the truth to be exposed. Right. She's she's tired of the lies. Yeah, she keeps volunteering information. So Steph volunteers the info, some more info, the uh, info, info. Jesus Christ, information. <laughs> but was told that the marijuana is used for medicinal purposes. But that's what she was saying. Yeah, that yeah, she, she she suffers like, from migraines, migraines, right? And she got it in candy form. So she, you know, and they're like. um... <laughs> Weed is not used for medicinal purposes in Indiana. Well, it's not allowed. It's, it's, it's you know. So possession is a misdemeanor. Right. It's a felony, but. It's a Becca felony to sell it. Is, yeah, it was a felony to sell it, which right. is a level six felony up to two and a half years. Right, right. So she needs to be fingerprinted and they will release her due to her connection. They they would need to fingerprint her due to her connection to the homicide. But right. they're going to release her because she came in voluntarily. I don't think they said why. I think they just said on her own recognizance. So I guess they're like, they think that her parents are going to bring her back. So they're not worried that she's going to like run away or whatever. So now we got the LaCroix. They're talking to the detective friend. I well, think this guy's going to lose his job. Oh, yeah. Behind trying to help. But I see, I don't know because they're, they're in Indiana. It looked like Chicago to me. Sorry, people from Indiana. It looked like Chicago to me. Uh but I, I don't guess know. It, I just I thought it was interesting. Indianapolis. Well, I just thought it was interesting because the guy. Oh, well, first I'll get into that. I'm gonna just go ahead and state. So the Lacroix are talking to the detective friend. The detective informed them of what will happen and what for them to do. He advises for them to say nothing, and the detective because the detective will state that he withheld Kevin's statement because they will try to connect the emails on the releasing of Anne Blaine's Anne Blaine's medical records, mm-hmm. but don't say anything more. He will take the blame for everything. So then 
we have Terry confront, confronting Michael. Michael admits to trying to protect their son by asking a detective to leave out Kevin's statement. So, like, and she knows now it looks like they were lying. So, again, hello, listen to your wife. Wife's always right. She's like, let's come back to bias in the ass. I'm gonna bias in the ass because it looks like we're trying to cover up and he wasn't lying. He was telling the truth. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So, yeah, it makes, as she, as my wife said, it makes Kevin look, uh, makes Kevin and his friends look, oh, sorry. Basically, Michael is yelling at Terry at this point. He's saying that nah, basically. Nah, they weren't yelling. Well, you know, Benjamin Andre kind of has a soft voice, but so right. he's speaking up for his acting. You know, it's just like, I just want to protect my family. <laughs> yeah, basically, he says this whole situation it makes Kevin and his friends look like a bunch of thugs. Mm-hmm. Taylor Blaine comes out as the victim. That boy is a murderer. Right. I love the way he said that murderer. 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 <laughs> but it should have been, but it should have been all about, it shouldn't have been about him. And he's pointing to Kevin. The two boys at the party having sex and he and Kevin gets caught up. Right. He had nothing to do, but then the wife asked about the medical records. He said he wished he did. So now I was wrong and you were right, honey. I thought that the, somehow the detective was able to find the medical records and release them. Um, but someone else did the dirty work. So oh, yeah. you were right. I was wrong. <laughs> so Terry instructs Kevin to reveal everything when they go and speak to the new detective. So this seems to be the advice of all the moms, you know, from Anne to Terry the to truth. Steph, you know, just just put it all out there, okay? Just tell the truth and let the things fall where they will fall. What in the dark shall, shall come to the light. Well, then none of us said that, but then... That's what I'm saying. So then we flash to, okay, so now we see what's maybe happening with the kids. Well, what's happening to the other principal, Dixon, who he got caught up in this mess and it's not even his school. <laughs> so yes. he's all in trouble over something else. And it's like, okay, it's not even my, it's not really even his student because that kid was somewhere else and he came to him, but whatever. Right. So they're <laughs> talking about the settlement for the review that basically Chris Dixon is forced to resign. Well, not yet. He he can choose well, he, not to. He can choose not to, but he's going to keep fighting. But it costs the school and the district money. It costs the money either way is what she was telling him, right? She's like, uh, we can give you the $75,000 settlement or we can hire lawyers to keep fighting you. Either way, the district loses money and you don't get to do what you want to do for your school anyway. Right, which I was still, I was really confused about this mm-hmm. because she's like, well, what you wanted to do for your school, like after he leaves, the school is going to get the help it needs. I have no idea. I mean, maybe. I just, I didn't believe it. She was just like. Can't believe anything these politicians say. Well, I know. So, in, so she says during the review, he got crushed by the whites and Hispanics on both sides. Mm-hmm. He did nothing to defend himself. And as my wife said, he's costing the district money. So this is hush money. Just take it and disappear. Well, go on to do whatever you were going to do, basically. Right. So now we got Sebastian and the reporter. He's running up to the reporter. He admits that he was trying to make the Leland School to be held accountable for what they did. But this has to stop. All the emails and everything that's being uploaded now. Mm-hmm. And the reporter just seemed like, you're into this. You're the only one that should be able to be able to put a stop to this. Mm-hmm. Because, but he confesses he's not into shaming people. So, 
And she said, that is the problem. When people who aren't accountable start taking control. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really know what she... Oh, well, basically, this is referencing to him, like the digital space, as he was telling Anne a few episodes ago, no one owns it. But right. there are people that do things and they should be held accountable, but they're not because it's the digital space. Cops can't catch people who are down the street. Better right. yet, how can it catch someone who's on the Internet? Right, right, right. So I think this is what the reporter was kicking back at him. Uh, it's not really the same kind of thing, but OK. I mean, I personally... I, I mean, these I think, reporters these days are just garbage anyway, so... Well, they are, because, you know, journalism is just, you know... Yeah. Yeah. So we got the confessions. Not everybody is just throwing it out there. Kevin is restating exactly what happened, how he was just talking about... He was just blowing off steam, and the guys took it seriously. Eric is saying that the boys, LaShawn and Wes, came over, and they looked like they wanted to mess up a fag, and it was either going to be him or Taylor. Yeah, and it was interesting because the detective asked him, like, well, how do you... And he was like, you know, any gay will do. And she's like, well, how do you know that? And he's like, oh, and she said, why do you think that? He's like, oh, I don't think it. I know it because Wes said it. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, burn. Yeah, I know. And Eric is probably like, well, if any fag do, she... Give it I, don't, I don't want to be the one. <laughs> I ain't know? the one because I'm gay. I'm not a faggot. <laughs> right, right. So LaShawn is being questioned and he's being he's the funniest one. Oh, he's just angry, angry black brother. Right? He's just like, what? The detective is telling him, like, we know what you boys did. And this is a hate crime. And he told him to go fuck themselves. Right. It was like, <laughs> I don't care. You know, you don't try to take it like it's more than what it was. Man. Screw you. I ain't saying nothing. I'll talk to the cops. <laughs> right. That's some that's some straight out of Compton right there. That's right. So Eric and so as they continue to finish up with Eric, Eric needs to read and he needs to be able to be able to repeat everything he just said in court. If it comes to that. That's basically what the dad wants to know. Uh how does Eric get out of trouble? And they said, Yeah, you need to be ready to basically say this on the stand again. But Eric is seem to be rejecting this because he's basically saying that he has to make himself out to be a thug mm-hmm. and and he but he said he told the truth he told the truth from the jump he didn't rape taylor but it just keeps coming back on him mm-hmm. so somebody screams rape and no one cares what really happened mm-hmm. how does he get to own that night how does he get to own me now i i, I just wanted to talk about this a little bit um, that first statement, somebody screams rape and no one cares what really happened. I mean, how do you feel about that, Khalif? How do you how do you take that? Is that true? Um I've had friends that um I'm gonna just say this, because this is gonna sound badly, but I've had a homeboy, <laughs> I've had a friend who has gone down for a young lady who screamed raped. Okay. We threw a party, we were at one late night in Fifth Ward, mm-hmm. you know. Um, she didn't have any um her parents were gone for like mm-hmm. a month for business. Jesus. So we she threw like They must have went all the way to, uh, to Mexico or something. I have no idea. I don't know. But the parents were not there and it was over the summertime, so all the kids are out of school. So she threw a mm-hmm. big party. Mm-hmm. My homeboy came over there who was her boyfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. But not too long after that, she started saying that that night She was raped. She was raped by him. And Okay. And and this guy So then what happened? 
Well, he spent the next couple, like, because he was a kid. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, after all the litigation, he still had to spend some time in juvie and Mm -hmm. a lot of time on probation. Right. And register as a sex Sex offender. Right, right. Now, in his case, it came out not too long after that, like, she admitted that she he didn't rape her. So why did she say that he did? Because they broke up not too long after. Like, they were breaking up. Ooh. So she tried to, like, have sex with him that night to try to smooth things over. Oh. And so... But how did this come out? How did that truth come out? Um, It came out, like, not too long. Did like, she confess she lied? Well, we were all, like, hanging out before her parents and then moved, like, a mm-hmm. year later. Mm-hmm. And she mentioned it, like... That's really evil. It was evil. And I wanted to punch her in the throat. You should have. No, it's a woman. I don't want to go to jail. But you like you didn't do it. Hmm. <laughs> That's what I told like, him to what's, say. What's the evidence? Where's the proof? I think she fell on her neck. <laughs> and so... I'm not promoting violence, but uh, come on. This is like a horrific crime. And for us to be taken seriously, for people who are victims to be taken seriously... People should not be using it as vindictive, you know, trying to get someone back. It's a serious crime. And thank God, you know, society and the criminal justice system takes it seriously, finally. But they will stop taking it seriously. People are just like, oh, he broke my, he hurt my feelings or she hurt my feelings, you know, or whatever, whatever. Great rape, you know. So um, I agree with Eric to an extent. In this situation, do I believe he raped Taylor? Absolutely. In reality, do I think that sometimes young men and women get confused over what rape really is. And young men and women can also be confused over what consent is. I think that sometimes it is not the seriousness it is portrayed as. Um, So I can agree. Sometimes it's like, stop the presses. A rape happened. A rape happened. You know, and I watch a lot of SVU and SVU does a lot of things that kind of plays off of real stories that I go back and research. And uh, that was the case I want to talk about. Um, the the preppy uh, yeah but anyways it sometimes I'm like it's really easy too easy sometimes for some people to scream rape and be able to just get someone else in trouble and I had a homeboy back in South Korea you hang out with too many rapists <laughs> <laughs> here's another story one of your other friends who was a rapist hey d- hey I learned from watching others <laughs> mm. oh that sound bad. Yes. Oh, but basically what happened with him, very similar situation. He met this older woman. Mm-hmm. They go back and she starts to like get too wild for him. And he's <laughs> like, hey. Pineapples. Yeah, pineapples. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Safe word, safe word. <laughs> and so, but she doesn't, but she refuses to leave. Mm-hmm. So he tricks her and throws her out of his apartment, but naked. Oh, he didn't give her her clothes when he threw well, her he out? Threw, well, he threw her clothes like, he comes back and, like, throws her clothes. Like, he has the little gate or, you know, the door lock mm-hmm. where you can open the door. Right. He has that on and, like, pushes her clothes through <laughs> and then slams the door so she can't come back in. <sighs> well, she calls the cops and have the cops come over to try to arrest him for raping her. Mm. But he ends up explaining to one of the cops who understood English very well mm-hmm. what was what happened. Mm-hmm. And they end up taking her... Away, and she kept professing that she he needs to be arrested because he raped me. Mm-hmm. But then, I guess the cops smoothed it out and just told him, "Hey, just pay her cab fare so she can go home." I guess they they maybe they got her to tell the truth, but the same thing is like 
we always get the run around the third degree uh, when people report this kind of crime, especially young men, uh-huh. that I think that people who lie about it, they ought to go to jail. They should. I mean, you know, so that we know that they also, that well, justice like this. is being done. Well, it's also like this. I mean, how many other crimes do we have where if I run into a building and yell fire and there isn't a fire. You're going to jail. I'm going to jail. <laughs> if I go in front of the um, White House and say F the White House, I got a bomb strapped to my chest and it's a pack of those cheap, you know, wieners and stuff like that that look like <laughs> some dynamite. Hot <laughs> some hot dog strapped to my chest. I'm going to jail. Going to jail. <laughs> but if I get somebody stuck a finger in my booty and then, you know, I enjoyed it, but then I'm mad because they don't want to talk to me and I say he raped me. Mm-hmm. And he goes to jail and I get him to go to jail for like 10 years. <laughs> I think some states may have some laws against false accusations like that. But I I don't know. I don't do enough research to know. I'm just saying for all the people out there, next time you're in a bad relationship or whatever, you want to get back at somebody, scream something else. Say they stole your dog. You know, they keyed your car. Punch me in whatever, the throat. Whatever. But please do not use rape because I really want people to take it seriously. And we do have a serious endemic problem in America with all this on, on college campuses, you know, and also Some real stuff. And also Korea has a problem with underreporting of the same thing, probably for reasons like that crazy drunk woman who didn't want to be rejected. So well, be also, careful. Don't scream rave when it didn't happen. Like don't scream fire in a crowded theater. It's dangerous. <laughs> thank you. I was like, what building was that? Theater, theater. Yes, yes, yes. Well, also I did think about this and I really, what he said really brought to light. Um, and Taylor has been preaching this mm-hmm. the entire season. Right. Yeah. How does Eric get how does Eric get the move on from that night? How does he get the move past what he did to me? And I think about it all the time, right? Yes. But now we see it's affected the 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 perpetrator too. Yeah, it's affected Eric in a certain way as well. Because he's not the typical rapist. That's no. what I kept saying. And so, and he's like, because I love those questions where he really, and it really f- felt emotional. How does he get to own that night? And that was the same exact question that Taylor asked, I think episode right. five or something right. like that. Right. And how does he get to own me? And that was something that Taylor also asked. So I was like, you boys need to sit down and really talk to each other. I was just going to ask about that. I was like, would that have helped some kind of, um, uh, oh, they call it restorative justice, where basically the perpetrator, the victim, sit down and there's mediation and they try to figure out how uh, the perpetrator can restore the victim. You used to call it restorative justice. So maybe if they had sat down and hashed out and really talked about what happened, the misunderstanding, miscommunication, and, and how, you know, Eric thought this, but Taylor thought this, maybe there would have been some healing. But right now we just see there's two broken boys. I mean, Taylor had to do the walk of shame and really was embarrassed and mm-hmm. really treated like WTF mm-hmm. or what was it? No. I don't know. WT. I don't know how they said white trash. It was some whatever. It was just WT. Maybe WT. Mm-hmm. Really just disrespected. He really felt like trash, right? He really felt horrible. And so, and we saw that Eric Eric kept treating him as like used toilet paper. Yeah. Yeah. So, but now the next thing, we got Sebastian on patrol. I'm just sick of him. He's hacking into some database and finds out who is releasing all the information, the Leland information. Mm-hmm. He decides to confront this person named Evan saying that he's making it dirty and he needs to stop it. Mm-hmm. 
Evan is Evan Webb is trying to pretend like he doesn't know what Sebastian is talking about, but he keeps pushing and pushing. And then Evan says, no one owns the digital space. <laughs> Sebastian threatens him. And then you hear click. Oh, so he actually called him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sebastian yeah, yeah. called him on the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And tried to get him to stop it. By threatening him. So these are threats going back and forth, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, well. Well, no, no. He's- just threats going to him. And then Evan, Ev- that dude, Evan, finally realized he's like, look, no one owns this. No one owns a digital space. But I think he threatened him before. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Because he was harass like they were he was harassing. Anyways, it doesn't matter, but yeah, it's just well, true. No I one owns think, the digital space. I think whatever happened because Sebastian has a, a demented sense of justice. I don't think it's demented. It's I just don't know. over a grandiose sense yes, of that he's doing the right thing. Yes, exactly. I think what's hap what well later on in the episode when we find out what happens to him, he was doing to others. I think that's what was happening. Because remember when we first meet him, I said, he um, he's attacking someone online and he sends through an instant message. Now you know how it feels to be, um, sorry, um, Who, not abused. He, he sent that? He sent this message to right. someone when so we first... someone had attacked him. So, so I, like I said, there are threats going back and forth between unknown people and Sebastian. No, no, that's what I'm saying. So it's just that... Um, Okay, well, let's move on from that because we'll come back to him in a little bit. So now we got Chris with his big dilemma. He's sitting in his office. He's weighing his options. And while he's weighing his option, it flashes him talking to Evie about what happened. But he tries to reach out to her. Evie says no one cared about her. They Trey didn't care about her when he grabbed her. Mateo just needed someone to fight over. And all those kids saw saw her as something to get mad over. Mm-hmm. Taylor used her as a beard. <laughs> beard is a term we use when uh, gay men hook up with straight women, and it looks like a regular heterosexual relationship uh, when but it is not. he's on the down low, down right. low. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just wanted to explain. To I don't think people use that term anymore. I don't know. Um, people don't use Flatfoot, and I named it this up. I named it the podcast, so yeah. Well. <laughs> so all that happened to her was that she was grabbed, and she didn't want to tell ah, anyone. The reason she said, before she says that, though, she's, she's saying that because she said, I thought Taylor was a liar because he didn't tell anyone he was raped. And then she says, "All I was just grabbed, and I didn't want to say anything. So she's kind of like, I, I feel she bad I called him a liar, it. you know, uh, for not wanting to talk about it. Yeah, because I think at that point, she finally understood everything that he was going through with her being somewhat of a victim the way, I mean, she was a victim, but of an inappropriate grabbing. But in this case... I think Evie just felt at that point when Trey grabbed her, she just already felt used. You know what I mean? By oh, that yeah. point, she had felt used by you know the situation going on with her, her mother and her dad, and she has to grow up so fast. And then she was felt used by Taylor and used by the cops to get whatever information, and trying to be used by lawyers so they could whatever, whatever, whatever. So in the end, she's just like, "Well, the Leland School is the only one who did right by me." Yeah, and sometimes you just got to grab what's in front of you, right? And on that note, we flash back to Chris in his office, and he is resigning. Taking the hush. He's signing signing the paperwork. So what do you think? Was that the right thing for him to do? 
because we don't see any, we don't see either one of them anymore in this episode. So let's just see well, how we feel how they. Ended. Well, I'm gonna just say this: I was pissed. I was really, really? disappointed. Uh, not not in him taking the money, because I mean, I guess if it was I was forced I to resign, I'd have took the money too. Them but, ungratefuls. <laughs> but the issue that I had with his whole story was that I didn't feel I felt like. They didn't really could have done more. They didn't flesh story. his story out. They just they didn't because I'm still not sure. Is is he biased? Well, see, that's what I'm saying. He, he I don't I don't think he was biased. I just think that, you know, you got all these groups. He's the new, as you said, he was an interim principal. So he's walking into some heated issues already. Right, right. And now he's trying to get a And a superintendent, he's trying to use him as a puppet. And he's trying also to propel whatever political ambitions he has. And then there's this, I forget her name. um, Monica. Oh, okay. So there's Monica who also, you know, she's just like, well, you know, I got to look out for the Hispanic kids. No one, everyone tries to forget about them, you know. Well, see, and my whole thing with that is that I remember high school. And most people, and as he was talking to Evie, you know, no one, you know, and he was trying to profess to Evie that you could have come talk to me. You could have told me, you know, but she didn't want to say anything to anyone, you know. Right. But um, but at this point, and then there was another moment that Monica and Chris were talking and Monica's like, oh, well, she told me. What do you think that means? You know what I mean? So as... She's professing how, look at what Evie did. She came and confided in me. She must not trust you. But most who, and, and I'm just I think Monica listeners. probably reached out to her, though, in all honesty. Well, she did in her, in her um, basic, uh, I'll get into that one uh-huh. moment. But basically, in high school, how many of you, and this is a question I'm posing to all the listeners. No, I don't really want to know the answer, no, no, no. though. I want to know the really? answer. Really? I mean, we, I think we know the answer. Just because I know the answer, I'm just posing a question. <laughs> okay. So how many of you actually just talk to your principal of your high school? I mean, if there was a, a situation, I'm, I remember there were, as they, you they said. They may have it like a really small, if you went to a really small high school. Well, my possible. high school is pretty big. No, I'm saying for some people who had a relationship with their principal, maybe they went to a really small high school. Well, no, no. And I'm saying I went to a really big one. So, I mean. Mine was medium. We had, um. A, an assistant, an AP, an assistant principal for each grade level. Right. So did we. So when there was something that went wrong, you spoke to the principal of that grade level. If it got that far. I mean, if it got that far. But I mean, if it really and it went above that. Back in the day, you know, teachers used to nip that in the bud real quick. Oh, you yeah. know, they used to have some kind of control over these uh, aggressive, out of control students. Teacher be like, you know what? Um, if you're an athlete, I know I know who your coach is, and and I'm I'm gonna talk to him after class. You need to sh- shut it down, shut it down. Don't make me take you in the hallway. <laughs> we'll see, but that was also I think well not to get too far in this tangent. Oh, true, but, true. Um, just remembering high school, just this whole season, right? But teachers um, would work together. They were a functioning unit. So right. teachers, so yes. So if I'm an athlete, I'm cutting up in class. Immediately, I would go tell the coach or I would say, oh, oh, you think that's funny? I'm going to inform the coach of your behavior because you know you're going to get it in. Um, you're going to get it when you get to practice. Right. And so, but they knew how to take away things you love. You weren't an athlete, you're in some kind of club, you wanted to go on some kind of field trip, whatever, whatever. They did dance, whatever. They knew how to take, they knew how to take away privileges. You know what I'm saying? So you don't want to push them too far. 
I mean, we had we we were like any other high school. We had our fights and all that and whatnot, but it never got too out of hand that I mean, our principal, I never saw him even walking the hallways. I mean, you know, he was kind of like the guy on in the ivory tower. And, you know, you saw him for special occasions. Actually, that was exactly like the principal at my high school. She was like the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> you never, I mean, you just knew of the all-powerful right. Oz. You never went to Oz. No, who goes there? Nobody. Hell, but, um, but yeah, so now we got Coach Dan who's confronting Leslie Graham. He's defend. He goes to her trying to defend his daughter. I didn't like this scene. I didn't like it either. But he's asking her to like speak out. Like, well, he's underhandedly asking her to speak out about her character. Right. He he wants Leslie, I guess, to come as like a character reference for Becca. But Leslie seems petty, and with and she begins to bring up things he said in the past. Like, oh, you were in a position of power, right? And look at what you said. Oh, right. You would see why someone wants to kill me. I don't think that's petty. That was pretty cold what he said, you know. And so I didn't like the scene for the simple fact that I thought if Coach Dan looked really weak, you know, he's all I'm trying to save my girl. And it's like, you know, I I, I guess I know what it's like to, for parents. You know, they always, you know, oh, my kid, my kid, my kid. But then the day you have to understand your kid did the wrong thing. And the first thing you tried to do was cover it up. Now, the reason Becca's in trouble could be some failure in parenting or coaching or whatever with her. And that's what Leslie was trying to point out without being that tacky, you know. But I'm just like, I'm with Leslie. I can't help you. Your kid is a drug dealer. I'm oh, not going to go on the defense of a drug dealer. But I guess his I guess his whole thought process, like, oh, but you went out on the fact that, well... Okay, that's reaching on my. <laughs> what were you gonna say? I was like, "Oh, but you went out and tried to make my gay player into this hero, and we don't really know if he did, and if he did or did not really rape Taylor." Coach Dan defends Eric. He thinks Eric well, is a that's good his boy. boy. So I just, um, you know, he loves his team. But Leslie was right. She wouldn't be too petty when she pointed out you're supposed to be the one that you knew how to speak to the kids and you know them as more than just names on a paper, you know, and then you have your own kid and your team is just acting a fool. So I'm not going to help you with this. And I, I, I defend her for that because I wouldn't have helped him either. I mean, honestly, I mean, how many times have we've known someone to do something wrong? And they want you to speak up and try to say that they're a good person. And we all felt that same way. Like, we were like, oh, no, you go to hell. You did I mean, it, you I'm did sure it. I'm sure she is a good kid and everything, but I'm like, but she is a drug dealer. I mean, they, she admitted it. There's proof. There's nothing else to be said about this. So then later that night, Coach goes into his workroom where he builds all his ships. And he seems to be sitting at his desk and thinking. Ah, he, those cogs are turning. <laughs> he calls the reporter about getting in contact with the hacker that she's been writing about. Right. So, like, what she's is like, he up to? I can't do that. How mm-hmm. about this? I would give him your contact information, and if he contacts you, that's on him. Right, right. So, the next, so the next scene, he's walking up to Sebastian. He shows Sebastian some documents, mm-hmm. and basically he's explaining how he got them, that he found them. These are Anne Blaine's um, medical records, mm-hmm. and how Leslie, when she's... At the end of every day, she shreds every document. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's trusting. But he's also patient. Mm-hmm. And so 
he asked Sebastian about the well, he gives the documents to Sebastian's, and that was pretty much it. Right. So the next scene, you know, we see uh, Peter and Eric in the kitchen. Uh, Peter's the younger brother of Eric, and you know, he's just kind of like, "Oh, well, well, what's going to happen?" And Eric says, "Well, you know." If I take the guilt of be, you know, victimizing Taylor or whatever, he can get off, but I don't really know. And then Peter's like, yeah, but what happens next? And he's like, about to tell him. And Peter's like, no, you know, with us, with our family, you know, um, I don't want things to be how they are. And I really felt, to me, I thought this was really powerful of Peter going to Eric. Because he's like, dude, you know, it could be different. When mom came and I left with mom because how things were, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen how bad they are. Mm-hmm. And we, and it's you, me, and it's you, dad, and I. Mm-hmm. We can be so much better. Right. But Eric seems to be stuck on the fact that you wrote bad things about me on the school wall. You called right. me an asshole because I was, I was gay. And now you want to hug it out. And it's like, yeah, I think he does because then he, t- he tries to tell the story. Right, you know, about when they were kids and they were going to ride their bikes to Chicago. Just stop. Just stop. Yeah. But he keeps going. Peter persists. He's like, remember, we we rode for about an hour and then started to get dark. And you said, uh, turn turn around, turn around, go home. And so they went home. They sound like boys that were always trying to run away from their family. I run away from that mother. Hmm, I you would know? too. So, you know, so I wanted to know, like, I thought that was kind of, even though it was a small scene, I thought it was really powerful, the things he was saying, because Eric just walks off after that. But what do you think Peter's really trying to say by giving that story as the example? No matter what, you're my brother still. You're, we're still the same guys, even though now that I know that you like twig and berries and I like clam powders. I don't know. I didn't <laughs> try to say something stupid. My bad. Yeah. Because it I came still, out stupid. <laughs> yeah, it did. Because he's hetero and you're homo. Um, we're still brothers. It's so interesting how men and women see things differently. See, I saw the story as like him being like, you know, when it got dark, you said, let's go home. So to me, he's saying that story because like right now it's really dark. But you and me, we can go home. We can go back to the way things were. I don't think he wants, I, I think he wants them to get better. I think he wants things to be different. Well, but, but with their relationship, they can go yeah. back to the way it was you yeah. know, when they were close. And I think that's the reason why he told the story. We said basically the same thing. Uh, kind of. No, not kind of. Okay. Well, the next scene, I guess Taylor's going to take responsibility. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I wanted to. See, this is where I was let down before we start talking about this scene. I was let down with Taylor. I mean, it's just, I don't know. And I was just like, I know he feels that he's tired of being the victim. And for the one moment, he was no longer the victim. He was on the offense. Mm -hmm. Instead of being defensive, he was on the offense. And he felt power in that. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, take, listen to reason at this moment. Seriously? No way. What? I'm like, listen to reason. Your mom... Go to jail. Your mom is saying that... No, because I feel like with every... No! Hold on. <clears throat> what he did was wrong. Yes, involuntary manslaughter. No! Voluntary manslaughter. I say involuntary. Mm. Because he was pushed. He was pushed. You get raped. There are mitigating circumstances, yes. You got to look at the root cause of this issue. 
As LaShawn said previously, he had a vendetta. No, he did not. He didn't have a vendetta. He got, he got, he got. Vendetta. Vendetta, (laughs) vendetta. Yeah, he, Taylor went to a party to get down. But then it got down too far and things didn't go. So then he. Okay, we we, we know, we know. We know those those situations. But then Wes and the boys go be try to beat the gay out of him and of course and each time he felt like taylor felt like a victim with eric he felt like definitely was a victim when he got beat up uh-huh it, it's come it it does come to a point where you are so, tired so of you people think taking, that he should he he should back off and go ahead and let that go trial and let eric say what happened i really felt that i really felt this if and this is a mighty big if. Okay. If it went to trial, mm-hmm. if he did not allow that. If he allowed Eric to come on his behalf, testify exactly what happened. Because Eric was... It wouldn't really be his behalf because he's supposed to be a, a witness. And a witness is not... Uh, is, he's not an alibi witness. He's just a witness, which means... No, no, no. It's, I mean... It's neither side. He's just But this is why I happened. say it's on his behalf because he It knows, will help him, yes. Yes, it will help him. Right, right. And... Although it will help him. Because it corroborates the situation and, and explains what might have laid, led Taylor to shoot Wes. Yes. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, he got a beat down. Okay. We know that's what happened. But I disagree with you, honey. We're going to have to. There's no way. I'm totally with Taylor. I'm going to let my rapist be the hero in this story. F that, man. No, I'm owning this. I shot him. He died. Okay? That's what happened. I don't even want to come and be like, oh, well, you know, he was a victim and blah, blah, blah. No, I don't want to be... I'm with Taylor. I don't be a victim anymore. So let me ask you a question. So you felt that by him acknowledging the fact that what he was and what he's continuously been shown as a victim, if he just acknowledged that he was, there's strength in acknowledging that you were a victim. There is. Yes, there is. But there comes a time when it's like, okay, yeah, I've been victimized, but is was it okay to do what I did? It was not okay to do what I did. And I'm going to own what happened. It doesn't matter what mitigating circumstances. Maybe the judge can be, you know, can consider these mitigating circumstances in her own way. But no, I'm not going to let my rapist sit there and, and try to defend my actions. I was not a victim when I shot that boy. I was taking control of my life. But you were a victim. <laughs> you were still a victim. <laughs> okay, well, I will agree, disagree. I think Taylor's taking the high road by going ahead and just pleading. He's pleaded no, out. It's a high, it's a bridge. He's taking no because no, no, no. the plea is: Are you guilty of this crime? Is he guilty, Khalif? Is he guilty? He is, no, no, no. I yes, agree. He's he guilty. is guilty. So why does he need an excuse? He doesn't. He's guilty. All right. Let's just say this. You say he's taking. <laughs> all right. How about this? He's. You say he's taking. You want to take the low road? No, you're taking. A, no, no. I want him to take the high road, but you got him taking the high road. That's the bridge to nowhere. <laughs> it's not. He's gonna. He's gonna get better. <sighs> okay. Well, we'll just have to agree to disagree. And you guys can, you know, fall on either side. Do you agree with me, Jamise, who is right, or do you agree with Khalid? Or do Khalif? you agree? Or do Khalif? you agree with? The almighty Khalid. I mean, really, come on. 
Okay. Anyways. <laughs> so then we get to the next scene and uh Dan fights back. Yes, yeah, because they found out the the new board has found out about the 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 medical records, the medical records. that were shredded and put back together. It's been released online. Leslie steady trying to defend herself. Oh no, I can't believe well we'll investigate. He's like, oh no, 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 no. We'll investigate it, meaning the board. You will just step aside while we investigate it. But I was careful. I was really, really careful. And the guy and the lawyer was like, are you saying that you... Wouldn't have gotten caught or that you didn't do it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, what an awesome question. Ah, lawyers know. But I didn't know that Ann still had an open lawsuit against the school. Yes. So I she guess she sued everybody. I guess she she may be getting a settlement then because maybe the, ah that's why she did not want that's why she did not want Taylor going to jail because inevitably they're going to get that and then some based on this lawsuit because of everything that happened all the ugliness that the board members displayed with the the case of Taylor being gay and whatnot. Yeah, but Ann said the reason why the lawsuit is still open because she didn't want the money. She wanted Leland to be punished. So I think the lawsuit is still open because she wants everyone Leland to be punished. And so far, I, she's she's about to get her way, right? Because the board was dismantled, you know, and Leslie is about to lose her job. So then we got where, what's next? Sebastian is out. Oh, we got it. Well, we had the final confrontation, but before that, we had the final conf- conf- confrontation between Dan and Leslie. And, um, you know, she tries to spin it a different way how it could be looked at. But Dan's like, but that's not the truth. So no one's scared of you anymore, Leslie. Just take what you did and go on with your life. Give the school a fresh start. Right. So then finally, we're back to Sebastian. We knew we would wrap up his story. And then, um, well, Sebastian well, is at the hotel and he gets this. With he like he gets this weird email that's basically a video of him working with his daughters live stream. <laughs> oh yeah, from his nanny cam, and he gets mad, smashes the camera, and leave everything, computer and all, at the hotel. Mm. Mm, 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 mm. And that's all he wrote. Moral of the story is. If there's another, if you're a hacker and you got someone else, you're Don't hacking. Don't fight with other hackers. Yeah. Because <laughs> now, you, now you got like Jedi versus Sith Lords and this is going to be an ongoing battle because nobody owns the digital space. That's true. That's, true. That's how we get the podcast. <laughs> so what's, what do we got next? Well, we have some uncomfortable conversations. So mm, first, Between who? Well, a lot of them, but first is the one between Terry and this other guy and telling oh, what's going to happen. The guy that's above her or one of the co-workers. I don't know. Anyways. Well, he came back to her and he was trying to like help her a few episodes ago saying like, hey, if you want to relieve your profile or something like reduce that, your, re- reduce, reduce your profile, your profile right. then, you know, it's okay. And she's like, is this coming from the board or from you? Right. He's like, yeah, I'm yeah, trying yeah, to keep yeah. it from coming from the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's he's the one they send to like with the dirty stuff. So I guess he works for HR. Yeah, so Terry, that's <laughs> so they're talking about everything, the emails, and about a lot of stuff that she had in her personal email. Talk right. about distasteful things she said about white people. Uh, she tries to spin it that 
because basically she's because he's spinning wife, it. She's well, telling she, the truth. She's like, you know, we told the truth and you're going to punish us for that. You know, well, he says it's not word. a punishment, but he just says that it's just you have said some really nasty things about people, specifically about white people. Right. But, he, so, but he agrees with her that I wouldn't want my personal emails out there. And she's talking about how we live in a different world, black people and white people. And he's totally understanding that. But he's like, but we're a public company. Yes. And this stuff is out there. So, hun, here's your options. <laughs> right? Option number one, you can relocate to St. Louis. You're going to... You're going to take a bump in title, but you're going to get the same... It's a lateral hand. movement. So, lateral means just a cross, but the title is going to reduce her profile, basically. Yes. And, or she can take the severance package, because that's where we're at. Yeah. And get to, as Martin say, get, get to, to stepping. Step and so, so later at home, Kevin is talking with his mother. And I really felt like this was the most out of all the things that Kevin has done. This was the most heartwarming scene that he did. Or did I skip? I mean, no, he didn't skip. It's just, um, I, yeah, I guess heartwarming. It's it, we well, finally get you to see, see Terry, Kevin think about someone besides Kevin. Right. Yes. And I think that's, to me, it was heartwarming because his mom is sitting there having a cup, probably a cup of coffee or an Irish coffee, as my grandmother would like to say. She didn't look like someone who, well, okay. Well, maybe. she was drinking something out of a mug. Yeah. And Kevin comes up and he's talking to her about how is she. And he just basically, like now he's sounding mature, like, hey, no matter what, we got to do the best with what we have. Right. And she, and as a mother, she looked really impressed by the fact that he seemed Aww, like he's... you come out that selfish space. Aw. Yeah. I love you. <laughs> and then Leslie is ultimately pushed out. Yeah, we see her packing and, and the new guy is being introduced, the new head of schools. And so, yep, Leslie, take it with her and go. Right? I thought that was very interesting. But it was just, it started to sound more like a good old boys club because the senator that was back in the school put somebody that he knew as the headmaster of the school. Right. So, yeah. And Leland has a, um, as he said, Leland has a standing way of excellence, standing legacy of excellence. Right. Yeah, whatever. I'm so, like, blah, 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 so blah. how it is, it's kind of his voice talking about all these great things about Leland. We see, dang. From the beginning, from episode one, Anne wanted to take this school down, but it cannot be defeated. <laughs> because, it is still left standing. Because it is a, as Sebastian say, he only attacks institutions. You mm-hmm. can't bring down institutions. You can you only. You can bring down institutions. I don't think so. Yeah, you, you can. They're an entity upon themselves. Mm-hmm. You can only bring down people like Leslie, right. Right. the coach, and whoever, but not the institution. And so while he's giving the speech, we see, you know, Terry is sitting outside by herself thinking she's got a choice to make, right? And then we see Becca's go handcuffs and all. She's going to jail. Taylor accepting the plea agreement at with while he's in court and could be sentenced to a term no less than 10 years. Right. And I believe he will accept it. Well, yeah, that was my question because it kind of leaves off with she's like, do you accept this? Because I guess in their criminal justice system, even though he's decided on a plea, he still has another chance to say, no, no, wait, wait, wait. Well, I think they have to get it on record with the court. 
It, I mean, in some states, it's already done once he's already agreed to it. They don't. He doesn't have to say it because he already said he understood. But she's asking him like a, the, a one more time. This is like your last chance to change your mind, and that's when it cuts. And then we see. Eric or simultaneous, is it's Eric, right? Standing out on the side of a road by himself. Back to his old ways. And you hear old tricks, you know. And a car pulls up, a month, a sports car, and it passes him up, and the door opens. We see Eric looking at the door, and he begins to walk. And as he's walking towards the car, he stops. Mm-hmm. And then that's the end of the scene. And that's the end of the episode. So. I pose this question to you. Do you think he was changing his mind about his direction in life? Because he's at that moment, he's at a crossroads. Do he go back and, you know, make out for money or does he um, try to be better than that except himself? I think Eric is ruined. I think all I, these I think, kids are broken. I think broken. he's going to get in the car. No, I, don't think, I don't think all the kids are broken. I think most of the kids are going to be okay. Becca is really going to be fine. You know, Kevin's going to be fine. You know, the other, the other guy from the team, he's also going to be all right. But Eric mentioned something when he was talking to the police. I think it's foreshadowing with his dad. His dad's like, you're only 17. You have your whole life. You know, this, is, this isn't the end of your life. But I think Eric feels like it is. That there's no turning back for him. Well, I think it's because if we go I back. I even and, think Taylor's going to be okay. I think it's because of this. Um, we go back a few episodes where <clears throat> we're talking We're talking with Eric. And he's talking about the greatest moment he had. Oh, it's after he committed suicide and Coach is talking to him. He didn't commit suicide. Oh, sorry. He, he, <laughs> he tried to commit suicide. Right. And as my students, he suicided himself. <laughs> yeah. Um, he tries to. Um, he's talking to Coach Dan about how he didn't rape Taylor, but he reflects on the moment where he hits the game-winning shot for the team, and everybody, the school, he was loved. The team, he felt accepted and loved, right. and heralded as the great one. You know. Right. And I truly believe that this is what he's looking for. He doesn't feel accepted. He didn't feel accepted by his mom, as you pointed out. And we saw mm-hmm. the mom stepping back from him. He doesn't, he knows his dad loves him, but he just feels like. It's not enough for him. Yeah, it's not enough. So he's going out, running behind these guys that he meet on the site, trying to get some. Self-destructive. Yeah. Just like Taylor was, like, and feels like Taylor's being self-destructive by not. Uh, going to court and getting the help. You know, she's like, her whole thing was about responsibility versus guilt. She's like, take responsibility, but don't take the guilt. And so I think it's interesting that both perpetrator and victim are equally messed up, you know? Like, yes. And that's why I was like, Eric is not the typical rapist, you know, because this really affected him in a lot of ways. It turned his whole world upside down. You know, and he really feels like he has nowhere else to go. And Taylor also, the same way, feels he's nowhere else to go but jail, prison. Yeah. So, ooh, what a heavy show. I know. For 40-some minutes, this was a lot. I mean, this whole this whole season, I just, um, I thought in all, all, when all said and done, I think it was a really well-told story. I enjoyed the characters. I think the actors 
especially the young teenagers, are phenomenal. Um, I really enjoyed this really in-depth look at this crime where it, it kind of blurred the lines between perpetrator and victim, what really happened, what didn't happen, you know, how much is what we say, you know, becomes reality and, and how our reality can change, you know, and uh, also about how the parents kind of evolved and the, the children evolved and, you know, you had to see. So I don't know. I thought it was all very well done and very realistic. I think that's a lot of people like that when something's realistic. These are people who are never all good or never all bad. And in the end, even with Leslie, he was kind of supposed to be like the villain kind of. I come out in defense of her. That's my girl. Leslie, you my girl. <laughs> Dr. Graham. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know. I really felt that, um, as I said, I, I do agree with you, so I'm not going to rehash some of the points that you put <laughs> up. But, I mean, I did agree that it was very well done. These ch- these children actors are phenomenal. They're great. And they hit it out the park each and every time. Mm-hmm. I just felt that um, also... Um, the whole blur, blurred lines, that, that little situation, um, between perpetrator and victim, that was really something that was well written. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you don't, and you don't see this type of quality TV anymore. That's true. They really took the time to create the characters but not give you too much because you're not going to know everything about anyone in real life right so it gave you just just enough and as we Jamise and I discussed and argued over the podcast <laughs> about is Taylor really a victim is Eric really a villain and is Leslie right. really the villain they right. really at is the Dan really hat. as good as he seems not really coach Dan shows some ugly colors so there's always 50 shades of gray I I guess. But I do want to point out to our listeners, we need to know what show we should do next. So if you really enjoyed uh, listening to Flatfoot and us talking about American crime, please write us and tell us, you know, what show you would like for us to follow next. You could could definitely leave it on the podcast page at crossfire.crusade.net or email us at Flatfoot and that's Flatfoot F. L-A-T-F-O-O-T at crusade with the K.net. But we're also on Facebook, right? Yeah, you can find us at, I did change the feed name okay. to help out everyone. Uh-huh. So it's K-E Crossfire, facebook.com forward slash K-E Crossfire. All right. And you can leave us your comments there as well. We're looking forward to hearing from everybody. All right. So yeah, just let us know what you'd like to hear or else I'm going to let Khalif pick the next one. And who knows if you guys will like it. <laughs> wow. Uh, Great way to like put it down <laughs> in the beginning. Like who I, knows if you guys are going to like it. <laughs> well, because I picked this one. So you get to pick the next one. I'm fair. Well, no, I thought, I thought, well, how about this? I mean, since Flatfoot is, I mean, it's Flatfoot, an American crime podcast. Uh-huh. How about we do some other, like, while we're waiting for American crime season three Oh, to we're start, definitely coming back for season three. We open up some, you know. We'll have some specials in between. Maybe then. we do, we review uh, American crime story, the O.J. Simpson story with um, Cuba Gooden Jr. Well, let's just say a maybe on that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I really don't care about the O.J. Simpson story. 
All right. So that does it for me. How about you, Kali? Well, before we head out, once again, remember our sponsors. If you're ever on the go, choose a Goda. And you can go to crossfire.crusade.net and click on the link. And remember, Goda is a way that you can get fabulous deals. Sign for- up with the Goda to earn your points on every stay. Right. You can get some fabulous deals and some great rooms for good prices. And also, if you're in trouble looking for that perfect gift, your mom's birthday's coming up and you want to use that, get that gift out to her ASAP, remember, come to crossfire.crusade.net and click on the Amazon link. Go to Amazon, say that we sent you, and choose the gift and get it sent out ASAP and always make your mom happy. So, I suppose. And remember, also... Follow us on, well, you already heard about Facebook. Subscribe through iTunes and Android. And, on that and note, don't forget about our other podcast, Friendly Fire. Yes. Come we visit be, us there. We will be dropping dimes on that one. All right, guys. On that note, I'm your girl, Jamise. And I'm your boy, Khalid. Next time.